Welcome to Sports, Screens, and Something Else. Join two friends as they give their unfiltered opinions on the world of sports, the entertainment industry, and a little bit of something else. And now, your hosts, Will Dickerson and Trevor Pace. Trevor, I went to a working lunch yesterday uh, because I have the privilege of having a job where I take people out to lunch and try to convince them to borrow from me. Okay. For the first time ever, uh, I became very scared that people were disgusted with the way I eat. <laughs> You're just now learning this? I've never thought about it before, but there. I'm not saying you do or you don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really watched the way you. You just looked at I me. I did kind of make it like you're just now figuring this out. <laughs> but I, what I mean is like you've never thought of this before. Well, I like I went to business school and we even had like a class about lunch etiquette for work and mm, stuff. Wow! And I followed all the rules. Like I sat in the middle to make sure that the people are guests. Uh, could order first, um, and then I followed their lead so they didn't feel like they ordered way over or mm-hmm. way under mm-hmm. what they should have. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I did all of that, all those considerations, but then I ordered this, uh, they're famous for their burgers, right? These oh, really what, fancy what, steak burgers. What place did you go? Twigs. Twigs. I've never heard of that. Okay. We went up to Farmington. Oh, wow. Uh, it was very good. Okay. Highly recommended. Twigs, this is a, this is a freebie. <laughs> very good. Okay. Uh, and I, it was like avocado and their house rant or their house dressing and an egg and some stuff on mm-hmm. it. I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I ate it and I was like, this is so good. And then I realized my hands are messy as crap. I probably have something on my face. Sure. These people are probably looking at me yeah, like, like- this guy's an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to be careful when you're doing business lunches yeah. on where you go. And because a big old, you know, burger, we, we've been to Seven Brothers together, you mm-hmm. and I. The big, huge burgers, messy, oh, yeah. saucy, all that stuff. I would not go there for a business that, because, yes, I would be. I would have to like knife and fork it, you know. I don't think I'm ever gonna order anything, any hand food ever again. Yeah, because it just occurred to me. I was like, "Oh man, my hands are messy." <gasps> you you can get by with fries, you know, like oh, yeah. a dipping kind of thing. But yeah, uh, a big old burger, <laughs> not not for a business. Thing. So maybe maybe nobody else thinks about this. But uh, salads, uh, pastas, those are those are safe. those are good. Yeah, uh, sandwiches like uh, you know, like a like a Zupas kind of a mm-hmm. style. Uh, but, but yeah, anything without utensils, I don't think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, you got to be careful. I, first time in my life, I'm like, I don't know what this looks like on the <laughs> other side of the table. Uh, and I was trying to convince these people to listen to me. And right. I was like, I'm never doing this again. I got so self-conscious in that moment. It was very strange. Interesting. I'm not usually a self-conscious person, but I was in that moment. I eat fast. So when I'm in those situations, I have to mindfully take my time and eat slow yeah so it it's stressful to like i'll have that much like (laughs) self-awareness of how you're eating because even when you're eating you kind of just that's that's the least of your worries you know like (laughs) how how you're supposed to be looking you're you're dedicated to getting whatever it is in front of you down and let's be honest is there anything more disgusting than eating 
It's pretty gross. <laughs> I mean, it can be. If you put like a mic real close to your mouth, oh, it probably yeah, sound I mean, disgusting. Yeah, you could. There's yeah. Anyway, well, hey Trevor. Yes, sir. You want holiday? We're gonna celebrate today. Uh, uh what holiday, bro? Fifty episode. Beep beep beep. <laughs> yeah. So, yay! This is actually episode fifty-one. Fifty-one. Because I forgot yeah. it was episode fifty. Well. And what? you know who reminded me? Yeah. Uh, a good friend of the show named Hannah. Yeah. We like Hannah. I love Hannah. Yeah. She's great. Fantastic. But she wrote to me, uh, she wrote to the show, as everyone should. Well, now, because we're reading emails on the podcast. We're getting a lot we're, more. We're going to get more. <laughs> I feel it. Oh, yeah. We're up to two now. This is two weeks in a row. Oh, this is huge. Our semi-frequent reading email segment. Yes. So this is what she says. Okay. And she reminded me. I feel like you could have acknowledged the significant milestone during your previous episode. We would have, but we forgot. (laughs) Since you missed the opportunity, I will do it for you. And this is her review of the show. You ready? Mm -hmm. I can't believe I have listened to you guys for this many episodes, but here we are. Neither can I. (laughs) She's been in there since the beginning. You've successfully piqued my interest in more sports topics than I ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. You've made me laugh, you've made me cringe, but in the end, no doubt, you've provided some entertainment. I genuinely enjoy the podcast and have fun continuing the conversation with my husband after we both have listened. Thanks for being here. Good luck with coming up with topics for the next 50 episodes. Well, thank you, Hannah, for your somewhat kind words <laughs> and... uh uh, Honest words. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm glad you've, uh, stuck with us for this long and, uh, hope, hope to listen, hope, hope that you listen for the next 50 episodes. Uh, two things. Um, I'm glad that you continue the conversation after. I feel like that is a big part of our goal, right? In uh, fact, when we started the show, when we were talking about how long do we want to talk about these things, mm-hmm. at first we were like 30 minutes each topic. And then we kept cutting it back. And what we realized is we just want this to be kind of conversation starters, mm-hmm. letting people then carry on that conversation, mm-hmm. scream at their phone because we're wrong or whatever, but then talk to somebody about why, right? And what they, what you think about it. Yeah. And that was one of our goals setting out. So to hear that that is working makes me really happy. Yeah. And second, um, I just appreciate that you uh, spelled peaked. Uh, properly. Yeah. Uh, you know, as opposed to P-E-A-K. Oh, yeah. You know, that's something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> like I peaked too early. <laughs> that kind of peak. <laughs> well, Hannah's smarter than I. Yes. As... And, and, uh, this is 51. We, what I was originally thinking, I, I didn't recognize the, the show number, but, episode number, but, I was aware that we were either approaching or had approached our one year mark. I knew we were close, our yeah. one year anniversary. So, fifty two episodes you would think would be our our one year as we've done one each week, but there's a few weeks that we took off. Uh, and speaking of, we're actually going to be taking uh, the next week off. Yeah, uh, because spring break and both of us. So you're out of town, and I've got family in town. Yeah, we just be a little chaotic, a little chaotic. But we'll pick up back uh, the following week, and we uh, look forward to doing this more. Fifty. <laughs>
Let's move on to sports, Trevor. Let's do it. Sports. <laughs> All right. The NBA playoffs are upon us, Trevor. I think tonight is the last round of playing games. Okay. Um, I like that they're doing the playing tournaments, by the way. Uh, I like that these bad teams have to play extra games before they play anybody else. Okay. I also like the idea that the Clippers, uh, may not make it. That makes me happy. Um, so I wanted to, I thought it'd be fun to go through. I really enjoyed our football predictions for the season. Okay. I want to do the same thing for the playoffs. Oh man. Okay. So my first question is going to be, and I'll keep track of them, and then we'll report back after the playoffs are over. Okay. First question. Yes. How are the Jazz going to do? Oh, man. So I will be completely transparent here. <laughs> I have no clue in, in, in how good any of these teams are right now. I have essentially turned off the NBA for the last two months and haven't really paid attention. A lot of it was because of the Jazz's uh, slide. And so it kind of, it kind of, I have said this before, I am not an uh, NBA fan. Right. I'm a Jazz fan. Mm-hmm. And if the Jazz aren't doing well, then I kind of tune out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, you, I mean, hopefully you... nobody out there thinks that we are sports experts. No. We are like you. We, <laughs> we catch the games that we're interested in and maybe a couple of articles, right? Right. Um, which, so these are just layman's opinions. No one should take these to the sports books. No. But like you, I usually get my, uh, news about all the other teams by listening to jazz podcasts. Okay. Um, so, you're so a I hear more... about how other teams are doing. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll listen to the game when I'm mm. out on the walk with the dog. Mm. And sometimes they'll talk about how other teams are doing or whatever. Right. And that's kind of how I get updated as well. So, and I used to be much more in the know because when uh, I used to have a commute, I would listen to Sports Talk Radio to and from work uh, all the time. Uh, For years, I've listened to Sports Talk Radio. But now that I've been working from home, I, I obviously don't have that commute and I don't listen to Sports Talk Radio. So... Even keeping tabs on other teams and, and uh, sports is, is a little bit more difficult for me. But and you then, are right about the jazz slide. And I have four kids. and, and <laughs> That's part they, of it too, right? They take up all of my energy and time. So that slide never really ended, I don't think. Right. The jazz keep kind of losing. They keep giving up 20 double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. Right. In fact, the other night, Quinn Snyder got up and did a, I don't know if you heard this. It was a 20, 20 minute press conference where all he talked about was the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and how these I are the problems and we know, we know how to fix it. And he started blaming the media for trying to cause division, division. in the locker room yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And how people just need to trust and believe in the team and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. What did they do that night, Trevor? They lost. They blow a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, of course. So, so I don't know. But then the next game, they beat the Thunder by 30. Yeah. So I don't know what the Jazz are. Yeah, no. And I doubt, uh, they do, uh, either. Um, but the Thunder, Thunder didn't even make the playoffs, right? So, no, they are know. one of the worst teams in the league. Right. So, and the, and some of their stars. Maybe that's not as, City. yeah. So maybe that's not as great as, but 
So I know that they were they were slated for the third seed mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and with that slide, they're now in the fifth seed. They're playing Dallas, uh, probably without without Jokic. yeah or, uh, Luka uh, Doncic yeah Don Doncic yes, <laughs> uh, and which I don't know. I want to say. I have a feeling that the Jazz still lose. Really? The first round? Against Dallas? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they don't have at home or home court advantage. Right. And Jazz just haven't been playing well. But outside of Luka, who's... I don't know. I mean, the Mavs, they play well. They play really well together. But um, Luka is the piece that holds them all together. Right. But what you'll see is... Historically, it seems as though when a star player goes down for a few games, like yeah. a short playoff mm-hmm. series, the team rallies behind, together and they win. Now, long term, they won't be able to get to the Western Conference Finals without that. Right? right? The Mavs. They, yeah, mm-hmm. the Mavs without their best player. But for a short series... They could totally upset the Jazz because they rally behind. It yeah. happens all the time. There's a weird stat in football where it's something like 70% of the time, if your starting quarterback goes down, they win the next game. Yeah. Or it's the quarterback or the coach. Right. If you lose your head coach or you lose your starting quarterback, they win the next game. Yes. yes. It's really, really weird. Right. But then they lose all the rest of the right. games. Exactly. But. That first game afterwards, for some reason, there's some energy there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And yeah. you're right. That might happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, so, how are the Jazz going to do? Well, okay. Right now, I think it's a, I say a puncher's chance, right? I, I, I say a coin flip. Mm-hmm. It, uh, can the Jazz come out, out of the first round? Sure. Of course they can. Uh. But they're just not looking great right now. Uh, they win. If they win the first round, let's see. They go to play the one. They, the, they play Memphis or Golden State. Yeah, well, they're not going to make it past either of those teams, are they? So this is my prediction. Okay. I think, so Golden State, they haven't had all their team together for months now. And they've been sliding, too. I think the Jazz do beat the Mavs in the first series. Okay. They play Memphis. John Morant has had zero success in the playoffs. I think they beat the Grizzlies to end up playing the Suns in the conference finals. Oh, my God. And then lose in spectacular fashion. <laughs> really? <laughs> Probably not even winning a game. You think they make it all but the way to the, the finals, I think the Jazz huh? make it to the Western, or conference, Western finals. conference finals. Or Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Huh. I uh, if if the Mavs had Luca, they're losing in the first round, guaranteed. Oh, you think? But without Luca, I think there's a chance they make it. And then I think the the Grizzlies are one of the I think they are the youngest team in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were. Yeah, they were. I know they were the youngest. What last year when they played each right. other, mm-hmm. and and even then it went down. Didn't they go down to the wire? Well, it was we were up three games to one and we almost lost, but then we ended up winning that fourth game. Oh, okay. So we did win four games to one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I just remember them being really close. So all I the think games. this is Memphis's felt, next step. Yeah. 
um, John Morant solidifies himself as a superstar. But I think that second round, they just have never been there. Mm. And I think they'll lose to the Jazz. And I think the Jazz make it to the Western Conference Finals. Well, what do you think? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. What round did they exit? Uh, if, okay. Well, I was kind of wishy-washy on the first round and then getting through the first round. I don't see them going back. I think they lose to the, in the second round. If To Memphis or, or Golden, Golden State. State. You think Golden State... You think Memphis well, beats Golden State? Yeah. Really? Man, yeah. I would say Golden State wins. No, Golden State could definitely win because they'll finally have Steph back. Right now, they've been playing with basically just Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Right. So that's that's my that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I've got. That will be the funnest series to watch, though. Golden State beats the Grizzlies. Jazz beat the Mavs. Or sorry, Golden State will be playing. Uh, Does Jazz? Oh, did Golden no, State? No, Memphis. Play? Memphis plays. Den- Memphis two, plays two and Denver. Seven. No, Minnesota. Or seven. Minnesota. They play Minnesota. Memphis should cream Minnesota. Memphis plays Minnesota. Golden State plays Denver. That will be oh, good. Okay. That will be my favorite series to watch, probably outside of the Jazz, of course. But uh, Jokic versus. Basically everybody on Golden State. That'll be really fun. And I think Jamal Murray's going to be back for Denver. That will be a fun series. Okay, so Jazz won't be playing Golden State at all then. Unless it's in the Western Conference right. Finals, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. so then... Uh, yeah, yeah. Memphis and Minnesota. Yeah, Memphis is going to win. Memphis is going to win. Uh, I can't I believe say, Minnesota made it. I'll say Jazz lose to Memphis. Do you think the Clippers are going to lose? Do you think they don't make the playoffs? To the play-in game? Yeah. To, uh, who was it? The Pelicans. The Pelicans, New Orleans. Uh, what's funny is the difference in, in win-loss record between those two teams and that the Clippers could, could lose out. I would love it if both LA teams did not make it in the playoffs. Well, they're, they're six games ahead. I know. Of, of the Clippers, but because of the, how the division works, right? But Paul George is so up and down. And this is just a, the cool thing about the playing games that it's one game, right? So if they, if he has a bad night one time, they're out. Yeah. Oh my That'd be fun. All right. So what about the Eastern Conference? Well, let's uh, just, let's go through the rest of the West then. Okay. Okay. So I think the Jazz are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Do you think they lose in the second round again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's coming out of the West? Who's the Western Conference champion? Well, Phoenix. That's what I think, too. Uh, okay, out of the East. Who's coming out of the East? Who's going to be the Eastern Conference champion? You got the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, who won it all last year. Um, Sixers, who are playing a lot better lately. Yeah. Um, so, got? Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, they're all tied uh, for the same record. Right. Um, the East is actually pretty competitive. Yeah, they are. Uh, I will say, I, I don't know, I, I still want to go Milwaukee just because they've done, they've done it. They're the winners. Uh, but you're right in that um, Boston is, is uh, killing it lately. Yeah, so I picked Boston. Because since the All Star game, All Star break, they have the best record in the NBA, mm-hmm. and they haven't just been beating teams; they've been killing teams. Yeah, even when Jason Tatum was hurt for a while, mm-hmm. they were still killing teams. Yeah, for ridiculous. Sure. So I think they're the hottest team in the NBA. I think, I think they come out of the East for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's 
for me, it's either Milwaukee or Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't believe yeah, in Miami? I, no, does anybody believe in Miami? <laughs> I mean, they made it to the finals a few years ago in the bubble. Yeah. But Jimmy Butler hasn't done a ton to impress me lately. He's just who he is, who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, Miami comes across to me as a regular season team. Yeah. You know how the Jazz a few years ago were the best record in the NBA? But yeah, nobody, two years ago. Yeah, but nobody believed that they were going to win the championship because they were a regular season kind of team. Yeah. And they were up three to one to the Clippers. Without Kawhi Leonard, and they lost three in a row. <laughs> lost. I'm still upset about it. Yes. Anyway. So you pick the Bucks. Yeah, I'll go Bucks, And I'll go the Celtics. Now, who will be the champion? Who will uh, win it all? Does Chris Paul no, get his first? Yeah, it's Phoenix. I think so, too. Yeah, it's Phoenix. I think Chris Paul finally gets that ring. That ring, yeah. And hopefully he retires and I never have to see his stupid face <laughs> on another insurance commercial for as long as I live. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that, I'll keep tabs and we'll report back. Yeah. We'll move on to your topic, Trevor. Yeah, sounds good. Um, Let's be sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is a... Uh, BYU basketball player mm-hmm. who uh, wrote her thesis uh, statement or a thesis paper uh, on women, uh, female athletes being second class citizens uh, in uh, the NCAA. At BYU specifically? Or all across or college all, sports in general? College sports in general. Okay. So her, her, her paper, her thesis. It's a hot topic. Yes. So her thesis is specific to college athletics. She okay. didn't really dive into um, professional sports at all. But um, her thought is that her, – her belief is that female students, student-athletes, are second-class citizens. That they are treated so differently than men's athletes uh-huh. in terms of – uh, equity or uh, that there is disparity uh, between the two sports. So some examples she gives that the women's uh, women's sports have women modifiers. So like women's league, the uh, women's basketball, but, okay. but like the, the three point line and the smaller ball and stuff. No, 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 no. Even like the name women's league. Oh, I see. There is no men's league. It's just well that. It's the bat. It's it's BYU or not BYU. It's the NCAA tournament. basketball tournament. Yes, not it's the w- men's, men's basketball. basketball tournament. Right. Well, um, are women uh, precluded from playing on a normal team? Right. Mm. Like, does there need to be a qualifier if women could participate if they? Win a roster spot, you know what I mean? Well, in terms of like how you would delineate, uh, you add sex to the, the name of the conference, right? Yeah. Or league. So you say, this is the men's NCAA conference and the women's, you don't, yeah. you don't have the men's qualifier. You just say, this is the women's league. Yeah. I guess, I guess the question I'm asking is, for example, in the women's league, there's uh, probably rules in the books that men can't participate. Sure. I don't think the same is true the other way. Is it? Is there? I don't I think. Don't, for I mean, Vanderbilt had a woman kicker this year. That's true. 
I don't think there's anything in quote unquote men's sports. There's no rule that okay. says women can't play in our league. Interesting. So I think that that is why that would that is could be a gotcha, reason, gotcha, right? Gotcha. That you don't have a sex qualifier at the beginning. Yeah, maybe. So maybe so, it's semantics. Yeah. So some other ones were um, she highlighted some weight rooms. There was a weight room in Texas. During the basketball tournament, this was like a year or so ago, it, it got some attention that it was like a single uh, set of uh, free weights or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there was juxtaposed that to pictures of a weight room in Indianapolis for the men's basketball tournament where they where they were doing their basketball tournament. Um, yeah. The men like to live, lift heavy stuff. Yes. It's the only thing we're good but, at. But, <laughs> and the women's, it just had a few free weights and, and some yoga mats. Okay. Uh, uh, the women's gear bag. So like, uh, some swag they hand out or something. Uh, the women got a sweat towel, but the men got a duvet. Ooh. Yeah. I don't even know if I know what a duvet <laughs> is. I have one for my bed. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the women, uh, got a puzzle, uh, and the men got a puzzle, but, but the women's puzzle. In only, their bag? Yeah, I got a, an, or an entertainment bag or okay. something while going through the quarantine, anyway, deal. Okay. Uh, the women got a puzzle that had 150 pieces. Mm-hmm. The men, uh, their puzzle, they had 500 pieces to their puzzle. Okay. Right. First off, so the, the answer is <laughs> the answer here is obvious, at least in terms of the puzzle, because first, women can only put together puzzles with <laughs> pieces. See, and, watching a woman oh put together gosh. a puzzle is like watching a monkey play with Lincoln logs. Do you? Uh, you want me to take that shovel out of your hands? <laughs> okay, obviously Goodness I'm... Goodness gracious. I'm, obviously I'm just I kidding. would say it's the opposite. The <laughs> women would actually do the puzzle, and the men would just be like, yeah, I'm not doing this. So it didn't uh, matter how big their puzzle was. <laughs> so obviously I'm I'm kidding. Um, the Do you feel like these... Now, some of these I'm, I'm, I make light because... That feels silly, right? Talking right. about that. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like there is a point there? Do, should. On each... specifically the puzzle pieces? Well, yeah, on all of these things. Specifically the puzzle pieces. Does, do the women need to be given a puzzle that has the same amount of pieces as the men? As the men. If it was a, if it, now 150 sounds very silly, right? Like that is something that, you know, you're, yeah, you. easily. Yeah. If it was a 750 piece and a thousand piece, like at that point, who it's you, just what the is picture it? on it. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Like maybe slightly <laughs> change the size of the, of yeah, the yeah, puzzle. Yeah. But at what point is this disparity, quote unquote, is this unequitable? And should there be things to be done to, to correct it? And quickly, I'll just, Point out something. So they also mentioned, she also mentioned that the tournament was not called March Madness for the women. Right. For, for a long time. So this year was the first year that that happened. Mm -hmm. So the women's basketball tournament was 
titled March Madness. So that was never used on any of the women's promotional stuff or gear or, or you know, any of that stuff. Um, the women's basketball tournament was significantly smaller in terms of teams. Uh, I didn't seating. know that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was raised uh, this year to be the same as men, which is, I think, 68. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. So seventy-two with playing games, right? Yeah. So, what are your what are your thoughts? Well, on, on this, are th- are women in college sports are they quote unquote second class citizens? So, I'm going to take the professional level out of it. Okay, I'll talk specifically yeah. about college. Right? Yeah. To me, universities need to take care to treat the men and women sports of the same sport the same, right? If the men have access to a gym, the women uh, equivalent in that sport should have access to that same gym. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. They should be treated the same. So, I have. to me, there are two different pillars here. One is how you're treated by the university itself. Mm-hmm. To me, that should be the same right. no matter what. The NCAA should treat both uh, tournaments the same. Regardless of how much money, how many eyeballs, it doesn't matter. The NCAA exists to provide uh, a platform, uh, a safe place for people, for athletes in college to compete at the highest level. It's a nonprofit. It's not supposed to be for making money. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And so it should treat both equally. Okay. Now, I also agree with the idea that you spend money where money is made. I'm okay with that. So I'm okay with the men's locker rooms being uh, uh, upgraded um, before the women's locker rooms. Those things don't bother me as much because that's where the revenue is coming from. But when it comes to what do you call the tournament? They're both March Madness. This is the this is the March tournament you have set up for basketball for both mm-hmm. uh, groups of athletes. Mm-hmm. That should be treated the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The amount of uh, teams that make it, those should be the same. Like, if you're setting up a tournament, it needs to be equal for both. Now, do I think that advertisers should treat both the same? I'm not going to say that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Advertisers are there to make money. Right. They're not non-for-profit institutions. Right. Buick is trying to make money. Do you feel the same way with exposure? So, does should ESPN... Should they have to air the games the same way they do with the men's games? Uh, they shouldn't have to do anything they don't want to. Yeah. Anything that they want to do to make money, they should do. Now, do, if, if... A lot of the complaint, though, is on exposure, too. Right. So, they feel like, oh, yeah, men's basketball games, those are highlighted at 7 o'clock primetime viewing, and women's games, you know, you'll get the 2 o'clock tip-off or yeah. something like that. Now I will say that in there are except exceptions to uh, the mainstream where women's women athletes are actually more popular than men. Think of Simone Biles, women's gymnastics, right? Mm-hmm. When I think of all the great American gymnasts over the course of my lifetime, they're all women, right? I don't know the single name of a male gymnast, sure, right? I've never even heard anybody talk about a male ice gymnast skaters. Ever. 
Ice skaters I, is another one. Uh, tennis players, you know, popular men's players, of course, but women's players absolutely get a lot of uh, celebrity. I know a lot of uh, women swimmers. Yeah, that are treated very similar to the male swimmers. Yeah, Michael Phelps being an exception. Sure, but he was uniquely good. Yes, at yes. what he did. You right. Know what I mean, right. Usually with individual sports, uh, it's a lot easier to highlight the individual. Right. So gymnastics, golf, swimming, uh, track, all this stuff. But when it comes to team sports, I understand that people are going to choose to put their brand behind the safe thing. And the safe thing will always be the highest level of competition. And this is why I asked that question earlier. Are women banned from participating in men's sports? I don't think so. I've never seen a single rule ever that says women can't play on our team. There are uh, a few examples in the in football specifically where the kickers are women. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's happened a few times. Um. There's nothing that says that women can't compete. But unfortunately, there's one thing that men do better than women. One thing only. And that's lift heavy crap, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to feats of strength, the highest level of competition will always be in that men's sport. And women aren't barred from coming to it. Yeah. Now, and I think we talked about this before with women's basketball specifically. There is an interesting chicken and egg scenario there. Mm-hmm. What if all of the marketing dollars and all the exposure went behind male gymnastics? Would they be the more popular sport? I don't know. I but don't because so. the yeah. the women were so dominant, and that's where it was most competitive, mm-hmm. that's where all the advertising dollars went. Right. And I have no problem with that. So to your question, would it would women's sports be more popular? Would they be treated more fairly? If that's even, do you think it's just a matter of exposure? Do you think really though? If I mean, I don't. So TV shows every few months get canceled. They're being broadcast on national television, right in front of people's faces, prime time television, and these are you know sitcoms with famous actors and all this stuff, and they can't they they. They couldn't buy viewers if they wanted. This to. Halo TV show that yeah. just came out, yeah, there's so many marketing dollars behind that, yeah. And they've had to—they are putting episodes on YouTube for free, really, just to get people to try to be interested. Oh, and, and it looked off. We talked and about people it don't like that. it. Yeah, no, and and so my the point pro- is, is they could broadcast some of these women's sports, uh, basketball games, for example. We talked about this at length. That it's just not visually as pleasing than some and of the that's men's the problem. I don't think exposure is going to help. If no, anything, no, it no. might hurt. Yeah. If you have ever, and I have done this before, BYU made me do this once. Okay. I had to sit through a women's basketball game to get tickets for the men's basketball game. Okay. Okay. I watched the women's basketball game the night before, and oh my word, it was painful. Like. No offense to you ladies out there. You'd destroy me mm-hmm. in basketball. I'm not saying that I could beat any of you. Uh, my knees would pop in half if I tried to guard any sure. of you. But the final score was like 38 to 30. Yeah. It was painful, yeah. Trevor. Yeah. Because I'm so used to watching men's sports. If you had asked me before I went in there, 
we're so canceled by this point. It doesn't matter. Right. If you asked me before I went into that state, that arena, uh, are women's sports really that far away from the men's sports competitively? Mm-hmm. I would have said, no. Like, it's probably about the same adjusted for just physical differences. Sure. The product is so different, Trevor. Yeah. It is so different. Yeah. And that's not to say that it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would fight for the right for women to compete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If people want to compete, I want that to happen. Right. But to pretend that it's the same product as the men. Right. It's just disingenuous. Yeah. I think we're, we both agree that there could be, there should be more done. And it sounds like they're doing more, uh, to be more equitable in terms of, uh, some really easy fixes. Yeah. Things the, are coming the, from the university and especially the NCAA, who's a nonprofit. Right. Those things need to be the same. Right. That right. treatment needs to be the same. Yeah, I agree. But as far as exposure from these for profit, uh, entities. Yeah. Networks, TV so networks, yeah. uh, uh, advertisers. Right. You can't expect those to be the same. Right. They're and they're going to follow the money. Right. And that's going to trickle down to equipment and other right. things as well. Right. So I like, think there should be, it sounds like there does need to be work done to make sure that they are treated fairly by their universities and by the NCAA as a whole. But I, I just don't like the argument that that means that for profit entities have to also do that. Right. I don't like that idea. Well, Will, I think we navigated this uh, expertly. Oh, I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> you, I will say, though, before we move on to the next topic, you did mention one thing. You said that uh, that the only thing that men do better than women was uh, sports. And I was just going to add, um, and comedy. Anyway, oh. <laughs> moving on to the next topic, let's go on to screens. Okay. Screens. Trevor, I took my kids to see Sonic 2 on Saturday. That's a movie. It it was. (laughs) It was definitely a kid's movie. Okay. How was it? It was perfectly fun. Okay. Like, I went in expecting a dumb movie. Okay. That my kids were going to like. Yep. And I was going... The most fun I was going to get out of that movie was how much fun my kids were having. Okay. And that's exactly what I got. Gotcha. It's not going to change anybody's life. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't do anything groundbreaking, but it is fun. Uh, there's a giant robot, giant fights. It's fun. You know what I mean? Yes. And after I left, I was trying to um, figure out what exactly I liked about it. Okay. And why I feel like I'm having that feeling is becoming more and more rare to me. Leaving a movie and not having to worry about like all the messaging and what does this mean? What does that mean? Am I going to have to explain this to my kids and whatever? Gotcha. I didn't have any of that. We just went and had fun and we were laughing coming out of the theater. Okay. Um, with my kids telling the jokes they were telling it. So things I think it did and it did it really well. Um, most, most of the jokes were kind of slapsticky, right? Right, right. Uh, stuff would happen and someone as you would, would slip. Right, as you would expect in a kid's movie. Yeah, and it was super fun. Like, he's snowboarding down a, uh, down a hill and funny things happen. Mm-hmm. He pushes a bad guy into a tree or whatever. Sure. In reality, that guy's probably dead, but, <laughs> uh, it was funny. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
for the adults, there were some like Marvel like quips, like really quick things Sonic would say. Like he turned around and he actually called Knuckles. He's like, "What's up, Winter Soldier?" Because uh, they're both snowboarding together. Gotcha. And just stuff like that, just little quick things for the adults to giggle at. And in fact, uh, Knuckles was basically Drax. Like he talks just like him. Okay. Like they're playing baseball, and he's like, "He's like, what do I do with this stick?" And he's like, "You hit the ball with it. Why can't I punch it? It'll go farther." And you're like, and he's like, no, that's not how you play baseball. And he goes, this base of ball makes no sense. Like, he talks just like him. Drax, okay. And I didn't care. Okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's whatever. Right. And we had a super fun time. And I thought about what are the messages that it actually gave us, right? Mm -hmm. What did it teach my kids? It talked about the things that kids' movies used to always talk about. Being brave. Right? Mm-hmm. When you're scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, the value of friendship. That friends are really important. Uh, working together to find success. You know? Through the power of love, we're going to overcome. You know, yeah, that yeah. kind of crap. Those are the things that, like, every kid's show and every kid's movie used to ultimately try to bring out of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I feel like more and more, and this is where I want your opinion. I feel like more and more movies like Red Panda and some of these others, are taking pretty grown-up concepts, right, about the world, Mm -hmm. controversial topics, Mm -hmm. and they try to dumb it down and fit it into a kid's show. Mm -hmm. Um, There are Arthur episodes about uh, alternative lifestyles and gender ideology and stuff, like... And I feel like that's the opposite way that we should instill values, right? Sure. To me, you should start with the universals, right? Uh, Courage, kindness, um, bravery, hard work, and those types of things. And then as they grow, they'll naturally start getting into these more adult concepts, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's fine. But I didn't have to worry about that with this movie. It was completely devoid of a lot of the adult conversations and just kept it at the kids' level and trying to make them feel brave. Uh, value teamwork and friendship and that kind of thing. Oh, Do you feel like that's missing a lot with kids' movies now? Or am I up in the night? Um, am I seeing things that aren't there? No. Um, of course you're of course you're seeing that more as of late. Yeah. As that has become more of a goal of some production companies, right? Some and um, instilling those values, uh, talking more, more grown-up conversations. Almost. Correct, yeah. right? And that's that's a better way of saying it. Yes. Um, of course, that wasn't the the point of most kids' shows growing up, or movies, or TV. the The point was to entertain and sometimes to educate or to have small moral uh, messaging like being brave or, um, you know, be nice. I will say, though, I feel like, and this is not meant to be, uh, we're we're going in that (laughs) territory. I'm I'm leading you along. Yes, yes. (laughs) But... Disney has been known for some time to 
provide a message of like rebellion to uh, specifically teenage girls mm-hmm. to rebel against your parents, often your dad. Um, think of like because little, the mom's always dead. Usually, <laughs> uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, like that kind of idea. Uh, Moana kind of thought process. Like I'm, you know, to I be know, brave, I, you have to go against, against what they teach or to be true to yourself. You have to, you do you despite what your parents have. Yeah, you what's know, interesting is Frozen you. is actually the opposite, right? Because she does what she wants, she almost brings ruin to her entire kingdom. <laughs> but that isn't the, really the message <laughs> of that movie, right? Yes. Um, Let it go. Yeah. But, um, so Disney has long, uh, advocated for that kind of, uh, message. And, and you might not think that that's a, I don't know, at the forefront of these movies, right? Right. But I feel like, it just, I feel like that is kind of a, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of an adult conversation kind of topic that comes in and, and, of, hey, don't listen to what your dad tells yeah. you or whatever. You need to do you. If you want to be with this guy, you know, then you need to, I don't know. Anyway. I feel like a good kids movie doesn't usually come with me leaving the theater having to explain some things to my kids or how I feel about what we just watched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Finding Nemo is the same way, though. Finding Nemo, yeah, Finding Nemo rebels against the dad because the dad's a stick in the mud. And his dad I, had to learn the lesson. Yeah, it's Yes, correct. In mm-hmm. all of those things, it's the dad. It's King Triton needs to learn the lesson that he needs to let the daughter go. The it's not the lesson wasn't to be learned for Ariel. It, the lesson had to be learned by the parent. What did Eric learn through that experience? My that he'd marry whoever. I don't know. <laughs> Just about and, 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 and it is also true that a lot of older kids' movies did have pretty uh, poignant messaging. I remember watching The Fox and the Hound for the first time when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember loving the first half. And even as a kid, I was like, I don't understand, like, what's going on. What's going on? So The Fox and the Hound... Well, it was a metaphor for racism. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, this isn't... I'm not saying that older movies only did this, and newer movies always do this. That's not what I'm saying. But I feel like it is happening more and more. And it was... Ref- All I'm saying is it was refreshing to go to a movie where I left. I didn't have to, like, sit down with my kids. I'm like, now here's how I feel about it. Or, yeah, actually, I... This is, you shouldn't actually do things like that. It was just super fun. And I loved it. Right. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to push back, I guess, on the idea that it happens more now. I think... It, it perhaps it's just the messaging is just more out of line of of what many parents are wanting their kids to hear. Yeah, right. Maybe. It's not that it's not that the that there's more adult conversations. It's just maybe it's the conversations we're not wanting to have with our kids. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. It's mm-hmm. the type of conversations. 
Um, maybe the nature of them are more sometimes sexualized or does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and you could argue because, like even like Pinocchio, Pinocchio, very adult topics in terms of conversation, yeah. in terms of it, it was never supposed to be a kid's uh, story, <laughs> right? It was actually a political, uh, weekly short story, was it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the whole message is. That one is actually the opposite, right? It, that is to listen to your dad and yeah. your conscience and, and right and wrong. And this guy go, you know, this guy, Pinocchio goes and, and lives it up and realizes that he's not happier doing those sorts right. of things. Um, anyway, so yeah, and maybe, maybe I am up in the night or maybe the message. It seems like my value system and the main line are diverging more and more. Right, right. That could be it, too. But I'll end with my solid endorsement of Sonic 2. If you've got kids and you want to burn two hours, they'll have fun. You'll have fun. Sonic 2 is great. Nice. Already one of the best. It is already the uh, biggest. Best performing. Best performing video game movie of all time. Wow. Yeah. It's made almost $100 million in its first week. Until Pikachu 2 comes out. Yeah, probably. Okay, well, with that, Will, let's move on to my topic. So, Will, uh, my wife and I, we recently watched uh, the new remake version of West Side Story. Um, <laughs> I won't go. In America. Because yeah. I'm doing it so well, yeah, if I kept going, <laughs> we'd get a uh, copyright strike. Yes, so I'll yes, stop yes. there. Please, thank you. Um, <laughs> did you see this? Did yeah. the, the mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg version? We watched version? it uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Well, like, like us, I'm sure at the end of the movie, uh, you felt uh, uplifted and warm. <laughs> I Spoilers for a... Sixty-year-old play or <laughs> yes. whatever, but I, I remember that he uh, killed one of the Puerto Ricans. Gotcha. I forgot. The that, yeah, I remember that uh, he he didn't want the fight to happen. Right. But then because of yada yada yada, yes. he accidentally stabs the other guy. Okay. I remember that happened. Yeah. I forgot he died at the end. Did you? Yeah. And okay. I was like, oh yeah, because of Romeo and Juliet. Right. But isn't she supposed to die too? If it really is Romeo and Juliet. Sure. <laughs> um, however, so it is not a uplifting movie. It's depressing. No, it's and, a, it's a tragedy yes, for sure. Yes. Um, and then you, you, you're finished watching the movie and you're like, all right, well, guess we'll go to bed now. Wow, everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I wanted to get your feelings on movies with depressing endings. Mm. Um, like, almost that the point of them is to depress you <laughs> to at the end. To sad. be a tragedy, yes. Um, do you like them, and what's the point of, of being depressed at the end? Do you, <clears throat> do you feel like movies need to kind of end on a positive note, even if it's a slightly positive note? Um, some other examples of, now, examples of movies with depressing endings, usually, typically all horror movies kind of fall into that, like, 
usually everyone's dead except for you know your main protagonist or whatever sometimes Mm -hmm. um but even that you know them getting away could be kind of the 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 slight you know uh happy ending kind of spin right um some movies that are really depressing um i am legend comes to mind that one's a really depressing one yeah well yeah because he dies at the end his dog dies uh, That's the most depressing part. I don't care when Will Smith died. Um, but like even another one of his movies, uh, Seven Pounds. Um, yeah, that's you know been seen as a, a very depressing movie. Of course, uh, the movie Seven. Not oh my uplifting. gosh, that's not uplifting <laughs> at all. The end of that movie makes you just stare at the floor like yeah, wow. Um, some some of the movies that. You know, well, like Clockwork Orange ends tragically. Well, a lot of those really, yes, a lot of those very adult movies, like uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs, The uh, Departed, The Departed, uh, Requiem for a Dream. None of those are happy ending movies and are warm and uplifting. Um, even some, to kind of a smaller extent, like Castaway. There was a, a list that we were looking at that listed Castaway. And he does live. And he, he's, yeah. he's rescued, but his wife is remarried. Because uh, she thought he was dead. Yeah. Yeah. And and he, he's been conditioned now. Uh, almost institutionalized in terms of like... He can't sleep on a bed anymore. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't... Yeah. And food. He just wants to eat. Fish, you yeah, know, yeah. um, kind of that idea. Like, yeah. his 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 life has basically been ruined. It's been saved, but ruined even, also. Um, it, it's recently happening with some sports movies, mm. whereas most sports movies traditionally are really triumphant. Right? Ah, yes. But uh, there's been a big movement lately with sports movies where they lose at the end. Mm. They don't win the big game. Interesting, but they still. Learned a lesson. Learned something yeah, or yeah. whatever. Or maybe, and then there's just like a Chiron at the end that says they won the, the next year. You're they right, won it all. Right. But you watched them lose. Right. Right. You know what I mean, uh, another example is, um, what was I just thinking? Yeah. Oh, the breakup. We were the talking Eternals. about this. that movie ended <laughs> that tragically. Was, was it? Was that a tragedy? <laughs> Did you watch it ever? No. Oh I man, you will. still haven't. No, I will not watch I'll it. I'll tell you the end off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just so you know, because it's no, the I've, only important thing that happens. No, I've I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, okay. so I I watched the pitch meeting for it, and oh. I felt like I watched it. Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, the breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. That was yeah. a, one of those movies where they don't end up together. Because they do break up. They do break up, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what are, what are your thoughts? So, I am... I'm totally fine with movies ending uh, in a depressing way, as long as it also has a purpose. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. For, I'll use some examples that we talked about. Uh, I am legend. Okay. Right? Yeah, it is sad that he dies and everything that he built up is ruined. Mm-hmm. But he saves that gal mm. who takes his blood samples to save everybody else. Gotcha. So, yeah, that is sad. Okay. But uh, he also saved humanity at the same time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A movie like Logan, 
Mm. He dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine does. But he dies allowing those kids to go on to Canada, where all kids should go, <laughs> to live a happier life. Uh-huh. I'm sending my kids to Canada soon, yes. so they'll be happy. Uh, things like that. I'm okay with that. The hero sacrificing himself for the greater good. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but Iron Man snapping his fingers, that is sad. Especially like, uh, Pepper Potts is, right. is his wife at that point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She's telling him like, it's okay. Right. Like, it's, it's over. You're good now. Right. And that's really sad. Yes. But, and it ends in a funeral. Right. But for what? For saving the world. Right. Like, I'm totally cool with that. And I understand that, yeah. right? Like, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any sad elements to a movie. <laughs> sure. But the idea that there would be, like you said, some, th- there's some sadness there, but there is a happy kind of a spin on it, right? Yeah. That, that, that it was for a greater good. There, there was a sacrifice. We understand. I understand. Yeah. To me, I don't feel like West Side Story, when it's done, you don't feel like any of the deaths. No, mean in anything. fact, you're like, wow, everybody's racist and everything sucks. Sucks, yeah. Everyone. The end of seven other. is like, what a, what a terrible, awful thing. Yeah, you, perhaps, kind of the lesson from West, and I understand, kind of the lesson of West Side Story, not just for the audience, but I guess the the people involved. They they realize that their hate is. Yeah, when all you do is hating each other, then this is what it's going to end up being. Right. And even people that love each other can't because of the hate in the community. Right, right. right. However, that's still still, (laughs) I guess kind of what I was... But it didn't make you feel good. Yeah, one of, I guess this brings me back to my, my original thought, which was when you're done watching the movie... Even if there is a message within the movie, because it ends in a depressing way, are you able to really even focus on the message? Or do you just feel, ugh? The ultimate example to me is Life is Beautiful. Have you seen that movie? I think we talked about this before. Maybe, yeah. So it's a movie about the Holocaust, essentially. The first half of the movie is Guy Falls in Love with Girl. uh, And it's a romantic comedy. The second half of the movie is uh, Man is Jewish, gets sent to concentration camp. And his kid stows away with him to surprise him. Mm, yes, yes, And yes, his dad yes. uh, makes his son think it's a game. That this whole thing is one elaborate game of hide-and-seek, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes out and he deals with the realities of what's going on. But then you see him being a dad, right? Mm. And at the end, he gets killed. The dad does moments before the camp is liberated. He is literally the last person killed before the Americans come in Mm. and save his son, right? Mm -hmm. But then you hear his son at the end say, and that was the sacrifice that my dad gave to give me my life, right? And you were able to see the inspiration. Mm. I I leave that movie feeling inspired, okay, right, with the sacrifice. There are some movies like The Departed I'm not inspired at the end. Right. It's sad. It's just this sad. Yeah. If not, life is beautiful. Dark. Maybe even more sad. Right. But I don't leave inspired. I leave feeling dark. Yeah, dark. You right. know what I mean? Right. That, that's when I don't like it. Right. I'm like, you're just trying to make me feel bad. It's similar to like a Breaking Bad or something like yeah. that. I never got into this show because I 
the ultimate feeling is you, no one is likable. Everything is dark and depressing, and and you yourself you leave feeling yeah. And then when dark when uh, Walter White dies at the end, mm. he gets shot in the stomach because of his own stupid mistakes, and you're like you kind of are left feeling good. You deserved it, mm. but why? But that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. You're not rooting for anybody. Mm-hmm. You're just watching people ruin their lives, ruin the lives of everyone around them, mm-hmm. and then they die. Yeah. What inspiration comes from that? Right, yes. It's it's a tale of destruction, and that's it. And tragedy, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't prefer those kinds of shows or movies. But if I leave a depressing ending feeling inspired... Great. Like Castaway at the end, I do feel inspired. Oh, you do? Okay. This man f- overcame everything. And he saved that package. He sure did, dang <laughs> it. And there was like a GPS and uh, stuff inside. Yeah, right. But uh, I feel inspired. It's a tale of survival. Yeah. You know what I mean? He made it. Even though it is sad. But then there are movies like Seven where at the end I'm like, this is dark. I feel gross. I right. feel disgusting. There's nothing inspirational about it. Yeah. Nothing, I don't like it. Nothing uh, uplifting about it at all. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's go on to something else. Something else. Huh? All right, Trevor. We've talked about this psychological phenomenon before, but I really wanted to do a deep dive into the diffusion of responsibility. Okay. I'll give you an example. So we are both talking about the same exact thing. In 1964, there's a famous murder okay. of a woman named Kitty Genovese. Okay. Okay. She was walking home from my grocery store, I think, mm-hmm. in New York, and she was mugged in the street, stabbed, and just uh, was left bleeding on the sidewalk. Oh, wow. This was in the middle of the day. Okay. Yeah, I've heard about this. And there were 20-something people that saw it. They all gathered around her, and they just watched her die. Oh no one gosh. did anything. Yeah. They just watched her. Why? Why did that happen? So uh, a bunch of... Because psych- they're New Yorkers and they're... <laughs> well, they would have just stepped over or Yeah, whatever. immoral and dirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> we love you, New York. <laughs> but in 1964, a bunch of psychologists tried to figure out... Hold on. I just like seeing you squirm <laughs> when I make it's, ridiculous comments it's like that. True. You're like... <laughs> My insides just want to crawl out of my mouth. Just go with it, man. Be like, yeah, that's dirty <laughs> New Yorkers. You know, I want like, to. I'll play the straight man. Well, good thing she didn't die in Delaware because I mean, <laughs> it's true. Delaware. No one would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, New England. Am I right? Uh, uh, so, psychologists that same year were trying to figure out why this happened, uh-huh. uh, and they. They did a bunch of experiments, and what they found is that when people of equal authority are all watching an event, uh-huh. no one is sure who should take responsibility to help. So these 20 people were all watching uh, Miss Kitty die, uh-huh. and they all were thinking, well, I thought someone was going to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that phenomenon of you thinking, well, someone else will do it. That is the diffusion of responsibility. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. So, why is it, why is this, uh, important? What, I love it because I see it happen constantly. Oh, yeah. Where I work. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to a meeting where people talk about, uh, problems that you're having? You come up with solutions and people are like, those are great ideas. 
Well, meeting's over. Mm. And you leave. And no one does anything. You had these solutions on the table. And no one actually went forward with any of them. Have you ever had a situation like that? No, not typically. Okay. Uh, not at work, I should say. Usually, we're good to give those action items yeah. off and be like, okay, well, we've come up with these solutions. Well, now let's assign actions out of them. Generally, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's happened, but um, generally speaking, I feel like, I mean, that's kind of the role that I play as as a project manager and yeah. in our and our work that's what we do. So well, that's um, a good project manager should do. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I I guess I'm I see that uh more frequently of of those actions being assigned and and people now rarely do do people, you know, throw up their hands and say, "Oh, I'll do it." I'll do it. I mean, occasionally they'll get that, but you usually need someone being the Taskmaster, yeah. right, and and assigning roles and 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 actions. Otherwise, everyone will be like, "Not it." You and know, who is the person assigning roles typically? The project manager, the the lead, right? right? Because they're the yeah. ones designated as the expert, right, right? Right. What's interesting is that cases like Kitty don't happen when an expert is present. So if there's a police officer there or a paramedic or something. People know then who has responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that person, as the and trust, that person knows he has responsibility. Correct. So and that's he the most important in, thing. Yes. Is that not only does the group know who has responsibility, but that individual also knows who has responsibility. That is how you. That is how you eliminate diffusion of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. This happens at church a lot. Mm-hmm. We need people to help so and so move. Yes. Can anybody help? Right. Everyone in that room could come help. Right. But everybody... No one wants to do it. And now, how much of it is diffusion of responsibility in terms of, like, I don't know if I should be the one to act in case of the... In, in the murder, it was like, well, somebody's going to act, right? Right. And this one's more like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll let someone else do it. Like That's probably Almost, it, almost kind of a... I mean, those are very similar mm-hmm. uh, responses, but... Kind of the motive being different, right? Yeah. Like, um, I have been involved in a situation like this, not where somebody was getting killed, but okay. you know, where you've, I'm sure you've seen this too, right? Where someone's being, uh, victimized or, uh, uh, maybe shouted down or something like that in a public setting. Have you ever seen this? Oh, yeah. And nobody says anything. Everyone just kind of watches the show, you know, like watches the the spectacle. Have you been involved in this? Do you I've involve- seen it at a, at a Walmart. Okay. I saw two people almost come to blows. Okay. They were just screaming at each and other. And did anyone get involved? Well, I needed to get the razors behind <laughs> them. So I, I did walk up to me like, excuse me, just for a second. And continue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because often we either say this is someone else will get involved or better or more common, I should say, is none of my business. I'm just going to wash my hands of this. Yeah. I have no responsibility here. This happens a lot with car accidents. Mm-hmm. Yep. People, instead of stopping to see if somebody's okay, okay. they just keep going. Because keep going. they're like, well, somebody's going to come yeah. and help. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's fine. Yep. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Or I've got to get to work. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So I have stopped 
for accents when I've seen them. Um, I was grateful when I, I've shared the story of my accident uh, last year uh, when I got hit. And I was grateful for all the people that stopped then and, and helped out. Um, yeah, I was at a McDonald's one time uh, at work. I, I was at, at lunch at work um, at the McDonald's. And this guy, he was, I believe he was homeless, was in there and he was yelling, just screaming at the uh, the cashier lady. And he's calling, like, he's calling her names and he's trying to get everyone's attention and, like, everyone here, pay attention. This person is this, you know, swear, you know, B word, all this stuff. And I, I, no one was doing anything. No one was saying anything. And, and I was like, someone's got to do something. So I jump in there and I'm like, Hey, you don't talk to her like that. And it was super awkward. It, I, even as I'm doing it, I'm like, Everyone's like, dude, mind your business. You know, like that's how <laughs> right. I'm feeling. But I just felt like, I don't know. I made a determination of what was right and what was wrong. And I decided that that wasn't right. And I acted and it, and even as I sat down, there was only, I think only one person came up to me and was like, thanks for doing that, man. Like that was good that you did that. No one else, everyone else just kind of minding their own business again or was probably eye rolling and being yeah. like, what an idiot. And I'm, you know, I was yelling at that guy to get out of the McDonald's and he did because like, and I don't know what would have happened if I didn't get involved. You right. know, it could have escalated further. I don't know. Just kind of a, a, I don't know, kind of an example of getting involved in those awkward situations when no one else is getting involved. And you ultimately, in that case, I, I can't imagine myself watching someone get brutalized. Well, and nobody and nobody does. Yeah, but this def- and everyone thinks they're going to be correct. the one to do it. But I guess I'm kind of maybe I'm just wired to be kind of a get in everyone's business kind of. A, <laughs> you know. Well, you are, it seems like you are the anti diffusion of responsibility. But most people, it, it turns out that as human beings, we are actually wired to uh, understand each other socially. Uh-huh. At least on the periphery. We know where our lanes are. Right. And where we are the expert, where we are not. We understand hierarchies almost naturally. Uh, men more than women, but understanding where you fit. That's something really, really natural for humans. Mm-hmm. So diffusion of responsibilities and offshoot of that. What if no one in a group feels like they're the expert? Who's going to be the one to step up? Well, everybody's going to assume it's somebody else because I'm not the expert. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it, it, this does happen in workplaces a lot mm. where problems are discussed, solutions are discussed, but then nothing ever happens. How do you avoid it? You do what you have said, Trevor. If you're ever in an, this is especially important in emergency situations. If you're ever in a situation where something needs to be done, but everyone has the same level of expertise, assume the role of assignment giver. So, in the case of uh, Kitty Genovese, who's just bleeding out, it would. And if I'm in the group, I need to stand up, not to bandage her up or save her life. I don't know how to do that stuff, right? But I do know how to point to someone and say, "You call the police right yeah, now." Right. You, yeah. You get bandages. Yeah. You help me try to stop the bleeding. Right. 
I know how to point fingers right. and tell people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. That I can do. That anybody can do. Assume no one else will do it but you. So that's how you fight this. Mm-hmm. And in the workplace, do exactly what you just said. Have someone appointed going in who knows it's their job to assign action items. Right. To take those solutions and say, okay, in order to do this, I need you to do this, and you to do this, and you to do this. Right. And everyone in the room has to recognize that authority, that he's the finger pointer. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how you break this cycle. So if you ever feel like in your family or at work that lots of things are said, but nothing actually gets done, it's probably this diffusion of responsibility. And maybe you need a great project manager like Trevor to come and sort it out for you. (laughs) To be the finger pointer. To be the finger pointer. (laughs) To get into everyone's business. Yeah. All right, well, with that, let's go on to my topic. So uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on... You're familiar with the uh, the old saying, "Can you teach a dog an old dog new tricks?" Mm. And uh, I can't even teach my new dog. New tricks. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't to be talking about uh, pets, Will, oh, but oh. learning skills, new skills uh, in our older age. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we might not come off as old people, but in my soul, I'm yeah, right. I feel old. <laughs> uh, my back is old. I know. A chiropractor uh, told me my back is old. I get, I get tired at eight thirty, and and I'm always looking to move up my dinner. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> soon I'll be, early bird sounds great. <laughs> I was gonna say soon I'll be eating uh, dinner at four o'clock <laughs> and getting the early bird special at Denny's. Yeah, I went it, to a, I went to a spine doctor and he uh, took an MRI of my back and he said you have the lower back of an eighty year old woman. Yep. And I went, oh, I'm glad. Cool. I thought he made it, made it woman. Well, because <laughs> women typically have osteoporosis and all of my joints are all messed up. Nice. I got bad lower back problems. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much better. But I wanted to talk about learning new skills. So um, that you're interested in, in learning as an adult. And do you think you would actually get around to doing it? Um, mm. And what stops us from learning new skills as we age? So what are some new skills that you'd like to learn? So for me, I took two years of piano as a, as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think I was like 12 and 13. Yeah. And then, of course, as a lot of kids that age get bored of it, Decide, I'm, you know, I don't want to practice. I don't want to do it, and gave it up. Yeah. But now, as an adult, I, I see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Right. I would love to be able to uh, play the piano. And you I, just want to sit down and sight read, like be able to play a song. Yeah. 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 Get some sheet music and just be able just to play. Be able to play. You don't want to be like a concert pianist. No. Okay. No. Not at all. But there would be a lot of cool music that I would be like, oh, I want to. I'd like to learn to play that and just yeah. sit down. We have a piano. My wife, who is a great piano player, never plays piano. Really? Never. Almost almost never. So kind of in this, this example, I want to get your thoughts on the point of learning new skills. Because would we ever use them? Mm-hmm. I mean, here my wife is able to play the piano expertly, never does it. 
I would love to learn the piano. And if I would put forth all this effort to learn it, would I even use it? Would it, or would it be kind of just this novelty that you do for a few weeks or months or even a year? So what's, what do you feel like is stopping you? So, and that's what I want to ask is what stops us from learning these things? Is it just that we're not going to use them? For me, of course it, and I think most people, it comes down to two things, right? And that's time and money, Mm. right? Uh, time I have none. I'm, I have a bunch of kids. I have full time job. And we I have do so much research for the podcast. Uh, it just I'm, takes up all I the know, rest of it. I know. Um, <laughs> I, yes, <laughs> we might make up our topics three minutes before. <laughs> Literally <laughs> as we go, <laughs> as we go. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So of course it's money and time. Yeah. If, if you had all of the time and all of the money in the world, would you use that? to learn new skills or would you fill it with entertainment and other things? Yeah. Well, I, I that's a good question. Would I? So something that I've always had a deep desire to do mm-hmm. is be really good at uh, woodworking okay. carpentry. Yeah. Why? Because there's a lot of things in my house that, that if use it, that if I could make it myself, mm-hmm. not only would it look better mm-hmm. and probably be higher quality, right? Uh, but I'd save so much money. Oh yeah, and instead of searching for days and weeks for the right size shelf or uh-huh. like entertainment center uh, that fits right under that weird window in my house, mm-hmm. I can just make it. Right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if I how do we hide the subwoofer? There's no place for that in here. Mm-hmm. I can just make it. Make a cave, you know what I mean? Yeah. A shelf and make a shelf that has the utility for what we want and hides the subwoofer. You right. know what I mean? Right. I can make it as customizable as I want to. Right. I want that ability. And I feel like that does have a lot of utility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, make my own cabinets. So why haven't you learned? Because it takes a lot of money. Uh... I'd have to actually go and learn these skills from someone else because sure. I don't have them right, right. now. So where, how would you learn those skills? And the space. Uh-huh. My, I don't have space in my garage. For all of those tools. For all the tools and then to lay out everything and actually make them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You need a little woodshed or something to, to have the space to really work. I don't have any of that stuff. Right. So... In my mind, that's what I'm, I'm telling myself. Well, I'm not doing it because of all these things. Right. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's screaming and like, no, you can do it with just this. <laughs> right. And, and I'm sure you're right. Sure. Um, but that's what I'm telling myself is stopping me. That is a skill I really want to learn. I made the bench at my table that my kids sit on. Mm-hmm. And it is sturdy as heck. That thing will never die. Nice. And it weighs like 80 pounds. It is a, Heavy sucker. Yeah. But I made that with my own hands. A good friend of mine helped me build it. He's really good at these types of things. Uh-huh. And uh, it's fantastic. And it's it looks good. It has great utility. And I feel a sense of accomplishment with it. So I'd love to do that more. But yeah, I keep telling myself, these are all the reasons I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. But with infinite time and resources, 
Maybe I still wouldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. So You're making me look at myself in a different way. <laughs> I know. So, well, <laughs> let's so you actually you do play an instrument. You yeah. play you play the drums. And I play piano. And you play the piano. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, well, I play both. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not as well as my wife. My wife is a much better piano player than I. Pianist. Pianist. But I can sit down. If I hear a tune, I can pluck it out. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, uh, drums. You don't uh, own a drum set. No, right now. Mm-hmm. If you had a drum set, would you be able to even play it? Yeah. Would you? I've sat down at... Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. Not not w- ability. Would you be able to play it? If like, would I have time? Or uh, kids are asleep. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to soundproof a room. I don't know. My kids are pretty good sleepers. Okay. And I think if I put them all the way in the basement, I'd have to yeah. finish my basement, though. The Do way it th- is right now, you can hear everything. Okay. From, like, way upstairs. Sure. Um, so, it would be very difficult. Okay. But you can get electronic drums. That's kind of better. <laughs> okay, but let's say you have a full <laughs> drum set. Sure. And you even have a soundproof room. Do you think you'd find your way down there to do drums? Then I would. You think you would? So, I loved playing. Did you? I loved just taking 30 minutes, an hour, putting my headphones on, and playing songs I loved in my speakers, and then being able to follow along with the drums. I loved it. Nice. Almost more than anything. Really? Yeah. Awesome. I used to do that every day for like four or five years. Wow. I'd play just doing that. And that's how I taught myself. I think I would if I had a if I had a kit and I was bored one night I'd go play. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Not as much as I I wouldn't do it as much as I used to. Sure, because there's lots of times where it's ten o'clock and you couldn't pay me to stay awake. But even then, like you said, (laughs) you have kids and you know how are you going to bang away? So um, yeah, so. Woodworking, you said, is a skill. What are some other skills that you'd like to learn? Are there languages you'd like yeah, to learn? Yeah, I'd like to learn Spanish. That one I could learn. I know I could. Like, I speak Italian. I'm fairly fluent. Um, there's nothing Italian you could throw at me that I couldn't talk about. You know what right. I mean? Okay. Um, and it's so close to Spanish that it would making the switch shouldn't be difficult. Okay. In fact, I hear a lot of Spanish and I understand almost all of it anyway. Right. So how hard would it be for me to learn Spanish? Probably not hard at all, which means it is completely a lack of effort <laughs> that is the that is preventing me uh-huh. from doing that. And that would help me in my job. That would help me in a lot of situations. So why don't we do these things? So why don't we do them? I don't know. Laziness? I don't know. Lack of motivation? Because I don't have to. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. Uh-huh. I don't know. Because I'm a bad person? <laughs> That's ultimately what I wanted to get at. People I learned just, that in the women in sports section. So, I will tell you, when... Um, I, I, I brought this up before, but I got into baking recently. Yeah. And I was watching a Food Network show, and this lady on there was uh this master cake decorator like world renowned and she's like 80 or something like that and she was talking uh to these group to this group of home chefs mm-hmm. people that had just you know self-taught 
and said, you're never too old to change your career and to do what you want to do. And she was um, like a fashion designer or something like that. Uh, and, you know, until she was like 50 and then decided, I want to do cakes. And this is Paula just, Dean? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and just like that changed. And crazy. I know. I don't know if I'd be brave enough. I know. And I thought, and it kind of inspired me. And I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe I could give it a shot at, at trying to learn how to decorate cakes and to, to get into baking more. Because I'd watched all these baking shows and I was fascinated by it and how much everyone knew. And so I started to put in a lot of effort into learning about what all of the different techniques were, the different, um, different recipes, different, um, types of frosting and, and things like that. Do you know how hard it is to like sit down and find time to bake a cake, let alone like decorate it? It, it takes, takes a while. Oh man. my gosh. It yeah. takes a ton of time. Uh, when we do decorate cakes, it's like an all day process. Yeah. Do you find it? Uh, we've done it before, but okay. I typically just, we just do like a buttercream. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I, I thought, when am I going to just bake a cake randomly? And then I'm, it, it, you would have to do it all of the time. It would have to become your job, basically, where that is what you are dedicated to doing. So in your situation. With, with woodworking, you would have to put in, think of how much time you would have to put in to really get good at it. Right. Like, you would have to make it a second job, basically. Something and, you're doing all of the time. And think of the amount of tools that I would probably buy for one job. Yes. And never use them. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I know every man has sure, that. Like, sure, I've sure. got a toolbox that I keep all the extra screws and covers of stuff that I'm never going to use. Sure. Um. And a lot of that precludes me. But in the case of learning Spanish, that really is just because I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. I haven't made the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas you made the time for baking. I should be more like you. Well, no, because I, <laughs> but I don't do it very often. Like, I, I got into it <laughs> yeah. to learn it. But, but even then, it's like, how many cakes do you decorate a year? Two, you know, for some a couple of your kids. And so it's just, it's finding the time. And finding the money in a, in a lot of cases. Yeah. So, anyway. Well. So, we just have to have infinite time and infinite, infinite money, money and infinite space. And we'd still not do it. Probably not. <laughs> well, well, this was a great episode. Thank yeah. you, everyone, for listening. Thank and, you, uh, Hannah, for the email again. Yep. That was so awesome. Yep. Thank you so much. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, email us. Let us know what you guys think. And maybe we'll read your email on the next uh, episode. If you guys email me your NBA predictions, I'll include you in this little uh, contest. There you go. Uh, you will win special sports screens and something else points. Oh. Redeemable only in my heart. Uh, but it would be it would be fun to talk about. Absolutely. That you guys are smarter than us. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports, Screens, and Something Else. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. If you want to contact the show, you can send an email to sssheshow at gmail.com.
And join us next time on Sports, Screens, and Something Else.